Welcome to Connecting the Resilient. This is your host, Andrew Mangan. A little history, I suffered a spinal cord injury in December 2016. I started Connecting the Resilient to share stories of people who've gone through the experience of spinal cord injuries, but also from doctors, researchers, therapists, and more who share their information and their ideas and what they've learned from being in the spinal cord injury community. For more information, please visit our website at www.connectingtheresilient.com. I'm here with, with Julie Sachuk. Uh, Julie's the author of two books um, and, and working on her third. Uh, Julie, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Andrew. It's great to talk to you again. Yeah, and just um, off air, uh, Julie was asking me about um, what I've been up to. And, and so to answer your question, I've been, uh, I've been coaching. I coach skiing. Uh, I, was a, I was a competitive ski racer. Up until my accident, uh, and then since then, I've I've gotten into coaching and refereeing for courses and stuff. Um, so this winter, uh, that's what I'll be doing mostly during the days, um, which is super fun. Gets me out on the hill, keeps me active. That's amazing. I was yeah, a skier it, too, but but the hard kind of skiing, the cross country kind of skiing, you know, where <laughs> you have to go up the hills, not just down the hills. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I never did, I never did much cross country skiing, but but did a little. It is definitely more challenging um, <laughs> than taking a chairlift. I will, I will give you that. <laughs> um, but Julie, could you t- tell us a bit about how you got involved, or tell us about your your first book, um, Build Your Space, and kind of what brought you to to writing this and, and how it's been received. Yes, I um well I sustained a spinal cord injury in 2015. I live on a 10-acre farm um with a 115-year-old farmhouse and during my stay in rehab that that 3 months of trying to figure out how you're going to live your life now that you use a wheelchair to get around um that whole time I I was very concerned about what my life was going to be like coming back to my farm um, to live with my family here and, you know, navigate in the house as well as, as on our acreage. And we took a lot of time to figure out what we were going to do either with the old house to make it work or build a new house. And in the end, the the cost difference between renovating an old house to make it accessible um, was going to be almost as much as building a new house. And so because we had the land, um, we decided that building a new house was the way to go. And that's what we did. We took about a year and a half to make those plans, even working with an architect and I knew as we went along, I knew I I needed to write about it. And I've been writing a blog since my injury um, just to help people understand what it's like to have a spinal cord injury, living with a disability, about accessibility, all of those kinds of ideas. So writing wasn't totally new to me. And 
as we went through the process of trying to figure things out, how to make a house accessible for somebody using a wheelchair and to make it pleasant to live in for everyone else. You know, my husband's six three, so the height differentiation alone in in you know working in the kitchen, for example, um, was a, a challenge. And so all of these you know, hundreds of little decisions that we had to make all the way along took a lot of research and time and thinking and investigation. And we traveled to other people's houses and I stayed at friends' houses that they themselves used wheelchairs and I cooked in their kitchen. And all of these things that we learned along the way, there was no good resource. And that's why that's why I decided it needed to be written down because I wanted other people who find themselves in the same situation to have a go-to, have something, uh, a reference, a resource where they wouldn't have to spend the time um, to, to figure things out. I wanted, I wanted other people to have an easier time of learning the process of building an accessible space. And so that's, that's why I wrote build your space. Uh, I, I, I didn't start writing it until after we had moved in. And, and that was uh, good timing as well, because there were things that we learned after we moved in. Not a lot, but, you know, some things that you would change if you were to do it again, which I don't foresee doing, but you never know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that sounds super, super fascinating. Um, and And how has the reception been? I mean, it's kind of something that, I'm sure there's not much material out there. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I bet you kind of recognize that as you're building, as you're building your house, as you were going through this process, I'm sure you did a lot of research to see what was out there. Um, and, and so kind of how has the reception been from uh, the people in, in this community or trying to make their houses more accessible um, now having a resource like your book? It's been it's been really good. I've been pleased with the number of people that have reached out to me, either locally or from a distance, um, because because I'm in Canada. Um, you know, different building codes apply, and and in Ontario specifically. But the so we had an open house after I launched the book in November last year. We had an open house, and we had. 70 some odd people come to the house that day. And that was, that was heartwarming just to have the support from my local community. But, but since then I've had people reach out, ask me to speak at conferences and um, do presentations to their organizations like occupational therapy associations, physical therapy associations, um, schools of nursing. There's all sorts of fields of work where people are working with people who need to modify their spaces. Uh, Aging in place is another area where I have been able to um, have an impact on understanding that doing it now, doing it right now will just benefit the people living in that space until they leave that space basically. And, and yeah, there, there really isn't a lot out there, um, which, which is why it took me so long to research how we were going to build our house in the first place and just um, putting it out there so that people have their little aha moments. That's, that's like 
the best part of it is people responding saying, I never thought of it that way. Whether it's a roll-in shower being actually roll-in, like zero threshold, or being able to roll under a kitchen counter at a height where you can have good leverage on a knife so that you can chop something safely. Um, you know, there's hundreds of decisions and you would, you would understand this as well, that um, people with disabilities, there is no one way that works for everyone. But if you follow sort of a step-by-step process of examining what it is you want to be able to do in that space and um, where you want to be able to conserve energy. For me, it's a lot of it has to do with energy. And that was one of the big things that I learned about moving from the old house to the new house is, holy cow, I have so much more energy. And at first I thought it was just, oh, it's the joy of having a new house and being in a bright space with big windows. But but in the end, it's about energy and, and that... Um, that has come across in the people that I have spoken to that have wanted to build their own accessible spaces is they want more energy to be able to do the things that they want to do, not just the things that they have to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really interesting. And, and some of that I was thinking as you're, as you're talking is that, although I think your, your book is aimed at um, like people with disabilities and wheelchairs, it's also such a large, portion of the population um, from like the elderly or other injuries that require accessibility um, and kind of I, I think your your expertise in Sarah is, is is applicable to so many more people than just uh, like people with spinal cord injuries in, in wheelchairs um, absolutely yeah and I know you were you were telling me earlier that uh, now you're doing some consulting for kind of local municipalities and um, helping make new buildings more accessible before they're built or after they're built, uh, which is something that's super interesting to me because I, uh, I spent a year in Europe, in Germany, and I was, I was really surprised with, with kind of how inaccessible um, a, lot, a lot of Europe is uh, and, mm-hmm. and whether that's because of the different uh, acts that have been passed in Canada and the United States that have allowed for the success or that have forced this accessibility um, into buildings. But I, I find it really interesting and I'd love to hear kind of your um, take on how it's been working with some of these um, new builds and, and the municipalities to, to make their um, buildings more accessible. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting because the people that I work with are the people that want to make a difference and know that they don't know enough and know that they need to call on the expertise of someone who lives the life of needing access that is different from the common person. And so working with uh, like, there's a particular city that I've been working with where they are particularly focused on their recreational facilities. And that is where I get really excited because recreation is so important for so many reasons, you know, health and fitness and mental wellness and um, being a part of the community and being social. And, And if you can't access the space, you can't access any of those benefits. And 
especially being a municipal building where everybody that lives there should be able to, um, you know, get it for free or more or less for free. Uh, if they can access it, it's, it's, it's just not right. And so working, working with this city, they see that they get it and they want to make a difference. So we're, we're working on a new project, a brand new recreation facility and the architects that are designing the project know that they don't have all of the answers. And so they've reached out and to be able to have the plans on paper and move lines or add toilets or talk about, you know, what's what's going to be helping somebody get in and out of the pool or proper location of a shower bench in the change room or, you know, family changing facilities. It, there's just so many things to, to look at. Um, but, but being organized and thinking everything through and, and being a part of a team that sees the big picture and sees uh, how it's going to make a difference for the people using it. It's, it's just super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really cool. Um, and I, I think it's, it's kind of a much needed, um, it's a much needed voice that, that you're providing to these people and allowing them to, to help all the different participants. Um, and I think that's, that's really cool. And I'm excited to kind of see how that, to hear how that turns out. Uh, and I'd love to hear a bit about um, your, your second book that was supposed to be kind of released. And I know it's available online, uh, but you're talking about how it was planned to be released in March when of course COVID kind of got in the way and um, it, it got put on the back burner, but uh, roadmap to recovery. Can you talk yeah. a bit about kind of, that and in the process of how that got uh, written. Mm-hmm. So roadmap to recovery, uh, finding your way forward after spinal cord injury is a, it's a resource. It's a guidebook. It's um, it's something that I, <laughs> I wanted to start writing when I was still in rehab and as a high school teacher, um, one of the ways I like to teach is using concept maps where everything sort of flows from a central idea and eventually connects. And when when I was in rehab, my husband and I were constantly learning new things and realizing how much we had no idea what we were doing, how we were navigating this system of uh, medical system, insurance system, um, uh, community support, like there's just so many aspects, legal aspects of it all. Um, there were so many things that we had absolutely no idea about that we we learned along the way as we went. We make mistakes. We you know we talked to people um, that we didn't need to talk to or didn't talk to people that we should have talked to and. I just, I just felt like there needed to be uh, a path that people could go, okay, this is who I need to talk to next, or these are some questions that I need to ask this particular um, group of people so that I get the information that I need so that I can move forward faster or in the direction where I need to go. And so I presented this idea to Spinal Cord Injury Ontario to the executive director and 
um, he was impressed with my uh, my sort of layout of the thoughts. And he said, yeah, I've never actually seen it laid out like this. Like how you go from injured to like initial injured through and, you know, intensive care and into rehab and back to your community and then accessing all of the supports that you need to have your best recovery. So he and I put our heads together and, and wrote a grant for, a, a, it's called the Trillium Fund in Ontario here. And the Ontario Trillium Foundation provided um, some money to help this get written. And so we have this this beautiful book, coil bound, color copied, um, free to download and um, also free to get a printed copy if you if you live in the province. And it's available on um, the Spinal Cord Injury Ontario website. And yeah, we were planning a big launch. We were gonna, you know, basically hand deliver it to the rehab centers in Ontario in London and Kingston and Ottawa and Toronto. And yeah, then stupid COVID happened and they're all still sitting in boxes in the spinal cord injury Ontario offices, but you can get it on the website. So that's, that's the one saving grace is we figured out how to do everything virtually, right? Haven't we all figured out how to do that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm excited. That sounds awesome. And I, I think it'll be a great resource and I'm excited for you to, for the day when you can finally uh, bring the hard copies to all the different, um, all the different facilities. Um, and as you know, many of our, our listeners are people or, or families of someone who has recently been injured, um, mm-hmm. usually by a spinal cord injury from a spinal cord injury, has a spinal cord injury, excuse me. Um, and so if you were to kind of give advice to someone who's entering this, this world, um, quote unquote, and is approaching is starting to look at life as how can I make this more accessible for me? What would be something that you would give, um, or perhaps you wished you had heard, or, or maybe you did hear, um, when you were kind of first starting off on this journey? Well, the thing that I heard the most that I, after a while got sick of was it just takes time. Give it time. You know, it's all about time, blah, 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 time, time, time. And I was just like, Oh, enough already. I, I just, I just want to get better. Right. And, and that is what I would say is that it does get better. And I never would have known then what I know now had I not been through it. And and that's the other thing is the only way there is through. We just don't know what that through is going to be like. And the ups and downs that you're going to be on, you or your loved one, but you'll get there. You just don't know what there is going to be. And you're going to have surprises along the way, good surprises, bad surprises, but it gets better. And I think that is, it's kind of like my, my new, my new mantra is it gets better. Tomorrow is a better day. I, I often wake up with like, you know, good potential for the day. And then it wanes as my, as my energy gets sucked up with life, but tomorrow is always a better day. And yeah, it gets better. That's, I think, Andrew, that is, 
That is what I say. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with that mantra, and I think it's it's a it's it's a good one, um, and it's a good note to to end on. Um, so thank you so much for for coming on and speaking with me today. Um, we, Julie and I, initially recorded a podcast a year ago or almost a year ago um, before COVID, uh, and, and we decided that we should come back on and re-record um, as a lot has changed, and I'm sure you've you've learned a lot more, uh, in these past 10 months, 11 months. Um, so I'm, I'm super glad that I had the opportunity to speak with you again. So thanks so much for, for making that happen. I look forward to, um, I look forward to hearing more about, thanks, Andrew. about your journey. Uh, and you can visit, um, your website is Julie Sawchuk, uh, dot CA, correct? That's it. Yep. J-U-L-I-E-S-A-W-C-H-U-K. Um, and yeah, I, I look forward to people reaching out and, and you can get the Roadmap to Recovery on the Spinal Cord Injury Ontario website. That's S-C-I-O.org. And yeah, you can reach out to me, Julie, at juliesachuk.ca. Um, my Roadmap to recovery book is on the SCIO and my build your space is available at Amazon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Andrew. Yeah. Thank you.